faith, hope, inspiration, and edification. Welcome to the Edify Podcast with Billy Hallowell, a show that cuts through the cultural noise to explore the biggest headlines and issues of the day. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Edify Podcast. I'm super excited for this week's show. I've got a lot to talk about with you guys. We've got headlines to dive into. We have a great interview with Craig Dennison. If you don't know him, he's an author of The First 15. It's this amazing daily devotional you can get in your email box. Um, but there is so much to even dive into in that interview, right? Because Craig is a well-known Christian author. He's a well-known writer. He's out there talking about faith all the time. He's the son of a pastor. And yet Craig, like so many of us, has been struggling in the midst of coronavirus. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk with him. But before we do, I want to dive into the headlines of the week. Today is Monday, right? So we're starting this show off Monday morning, kicking the week into high gear. You may be listening to this on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It doesn't matter what day you listen to the Edify podcast, but we want to start this week out on a positive note. So we're going to talk about the headlines. We're going to talk to Craig. But before we get there, I want to dive into the scripture of the day. All right. So the scripture I've been looking at is Revelation 21.4. And it's interesting because when I look at daily scripture readings, I don't always go to Revelation, (laughs) right? Because Revelation is talking about the end times. It's very complex. It's sometimes hard to understand and read. And this particular verse is at the end, towards the end, rather, of Revelation. It's Revelation 21.4. Again, it reads, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And it's just a scripture that has spoken to me over the last couple of weeks. Actually, I write scriptures down on little note cards, like three by five cards, and then I share them on social media or I go through them. I have them on my desk. And over time, you know, if you do one of those every couple of days, you end up with a ton of them. And so that's one that I've just thought a lot about this month, but also this year, right? There's so many of us who are struggling, we're in pain, and we sometimes forget the hope that we have in Christ. And so when you see that verse and you realize that there is a plan, and at the end of time, at the end of days, that every tear is going to be wiped away, that this is not, the pain that we're feeling now is not forever. And I know so many of us are experiencing different levels of pain. Some is physical, some is emotional, um, some is spiritual. Maybe it's a mixture of those things. Maybe we're just having a bad day. And we just need to be reminded that God loves us and that he's there for us and that he cares for us. And so I wanted to share that. Look it up in your Bibles, Revelation 21, 4. Again, I know it's it's interesting to pull from there when you're looking for daily um, inspiration. Not that Revelation isn't inspirational, but I think, again, it's a, it's a tough book uh, to read. But I want to really get into the headlines because... Some major things have happened over the last couple of days. We lost Justice Ginsburg. Uh, She passed away the other day, and that has been a major, major story for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the political implications of that story, but we don't want to just jump there. I think it's important that we understand that whether you agreed or disagreed with the Supreme Court Justice, that she led a pretty fascinating and remarkable life and broke so many boundaries and barriers. And again, you don't have to agree with somebody to believe those things and to understand those things. And so uh, she was 87 years old and passed away. And now obviously the big story is what's going to happen next, right? You have a lot of 
of eyes on this. You have the president, President Donald Trump, saying, hey, he's going to move forward. Um, he's going to urge the Republicans to move forward with nominating a replacement. And there's not a lot of time before the election. And many, many times it takes more time than we have before this election to actually get somebody confirmed. And so lots to unpack here, lots going on. Uh, Democrats responding pretty fervently to that. Obviously, there's a lot on the table here. You have somebody who, in Justice Ginsburg, who was really a hero for many on the American left. She was somebody who upheld the values that the left upholds. She was somebody who uh, was also a very powerful figure in that movement. And so when you're talking about replacing her and you have a Republican who's talking about doing that right before a highly contentious election, that is going to add even more fuel to the fire of the 2020 election. And I don't think it needed any more kindling. I think it was pretty pretty hot as it was. And so we're going to really see a lot of debate and arguing. This is a real chance for conservatives to transform the court with a 6-3 majority. And obviously, that's a major loss for the American left if that were to happen. On the flip side, you have Joe Biden, former vice president, obviously running against Donald Trump in 2020, saying that he believes he should be the one if he wins to choose that nominee. And so again, that's going to heat up. So we want to keep all eyes on that. And also our prayers with the justices family during this difficult time. Another big story coming out of California, John MacArthur, Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. He is continuing his battle with local officials there in California over COVID-19 and the restrictive regulations that have required the church to remain shuttered. Now, his church, which has thousands of members, has not remained shuttered, and we've covered this on the podcast. We actually had John MacArthur on a few weeks back, and what is so interesting is that he has allegedly received uh, basically threats of jail time. If this does not stop, if he does not stop welcoming people back to the church, that he could actually face time in jail over that. Now, he was interviewed last week by Fox News' Laura Ingram, and what was really interesting about that is that he didn't back down. Uh, he actually said, and I'm just going to read the quote, My biblical hero, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Apostle Paul, and when he went into a town, he didn't ask what the hotel was like. He asked what the jail was like, because he knew that's where he was going to spend his time. Now, what's really fascinating is he didn't stop there. He went on to tell Laura Ingram, quote, if they want to tuck me into jail, I'm open for a jail ministry. I've done a lot of other ministries and haven't had the opportunity to do that one. So bring it on. Now, I hear that and I think, wow, that is um, a pretty powerful quote. He, he has no plans of backing down. It's clear he has no plans of backing down, that he is going to continue on this path forward uh, and, and continue to keep the church open. And so we're going to have to monitor that and see where it goes. Uh, but he's been doing, I mean, he's been doing church for a long time. I think he's been a pastor at his church for about 50 years. So that's five decades at that church. And we spoke to him on this podcast, as I mentioned, and he explained at the time that he said, listen, you know, when this first happened, COVID, we were on board, we were listening, and we felt like, wow, this is a major deal. But then as the numbers came out, he felt that the reality did not match up to the numbers and, and the grim reports that were out there. And so he feels the church is essential and has wanted to keep it open. And so that's where he stands now. So we'll have to wait and see what the government's going to do. You know, he doesn't have really the judges are are so far not on his side, at least in the latest ruling. And, uh, you know, I don't know how far the government's going to take it, but it should be fascinating to wait and see what happens there. So another story to keep our eyes on. 
And our third and final story of the day revolves around Cuties. That's the film on Netflix that's been sparking all sorts of controversy now. This film has continued to enrage people with a lot of people comparing it to child pornography and and all sorts of other things. Now, um, there's a big debate about the film. That's no secret. But apparently, Netflix has experienced a massive increase in the number of cancellations. And some people are saying this is due to the reaction to this film. Apparently, there were about eight times the normal rate of cancellations. And this is from data that was collected by Yipit Data. And this is for September 12th. Again, finding that the cancellation rate for Netflix was eight times higher than the average daily levels recorded last month. So whether or not this is a short-term issue for Netflix or a bigger problem, we'll have to wait and see. But at the end of the day, clearly... People are very frustrated by this, and there is a lot of really just cultural conversation surrounding it. If you want to hear more about that and get a little more background, go to last week's episode of the Edify podcast. It's one of the first topics that Trey Goins Phillips from Faithwire and I discussed on the show. Now, we'll be right back with more of the Edify podcast in just a moment. You're listening to the Edify podcast network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. And we're back with more of the Edify Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and I'm excited to actually welcome to the show a guy who is really fascinating. He's a Christian author. He runs a really interesting podcast and website called First 15. It's a daily devotional. It reaches well over a million people, especially young people, which is really amazing to see. We we really need to be reaching millennials and Gen Z with the gospel, so it's exciting to welcome Craig Dennison to the show today. And before he comes on here, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of different elements. Obviously, we have all been through a lot this year. COVID has been very difficult, and Craig is a guy who's at the forefront of ministry. Not only does he run his own ministry, he's also the son of a pastor. So this is a guy who has spent his life in faith. Why do I bring that up? Because Craig, like so many of the rest of us, has been struggling this year. And so he's going to be vulnerable and sharing that and really just diving into a whole bunch of interesting cultural elements, things that you're going to want to hear. So with no further ado, let's welcome Craig Dennison to the Edify podcast. Hey, Craig, thanks for coming on the show today. Billy, so glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. So there's a lot to talk about. I guess uh, let's dive first into the first 15. Tell me about this. How would you, what would your elevator pitch be for this amazing devotional? Yeah, absolutely. So there's great resources, especially in churches for believers to experience God on Sundays. But in the world that we live in today, we need something that helps us connect with God on a daily basis in worship and in reading and prayer. And so spending time alone with God absolutely transformed my own life. So now what I get to do is help believers wake up every day, have a free digital way on devices they already use that they can have a meaningful connection with God through worship and reading and prayer in the first 15 minutes of the day. And so there's multiple sort of components to this, right? So you could download the app, you can do it, you could do it online as well. How, tell, tell us about the components of what happens in those 15 minutes. 
Yeah, yeah. So the first component is like you're talking about the platforms that it's on. One of our main values is eliminating as many barriers as possible between God's people spending meaningful time in his presence. So one of the ways we do that is the barrier of cost. So everything's donor funded. We give everything we do that's digital, especially away for free. So these daily guides to God's presence don't even have the barrier of cost to jump in. The other thing we do is try to put them out on devices and platforms that people are already using. So you don't have to have this necessarily book as much as I love devotional books myself. I, I struggle when it's sitting on my side table to <laughs> open it up and use it. Oh yeah. But when I, but when I, you know, when I fail in my, to, to connect with God first thing of the day and I jump into work or jump into social media or do these things, one of our goals is that we're there for you. And so you open up your email and you can find us right there at the top of your inbox as a reminder that God's presence is there for you to stop and connect with him. We have a mobile app that has like an alarm system in it. So you can use this as your way that you wake up every day. We have a podcast. If you're a listener and you're at the gym, you know, in a pre-pandemic environment, at least at the gym <laughs> and uh, you're working out or you're cooking or you're commuting that you can have this experience with God while you're on the go. We have a website and uh, a lot of ways that people can consume content. We're in social feeds every day. And so, yeah, so that's the platform element. And then in terms of the content itself, uh, for me, we just uh, the rhythm that I found that absolutely changed everything is starting my connection to God through worship so that I have this moment to say that even I already have enough of myself being the center of my life on a daily basis. What I need in my time alone with God is that he's the center of that and that my emotions and perspectives are orbiting around his goodness and his reality and his glory. And so worship is the best way I know to put God at the center of our lives. It's this declaration and heart and mind and, and even body. If you're singing that God is who he says he is and he's good and he's glorious. And so we start every day devotional with like a, a scripture verse and then a time of worship that's fresh and current leads into a devotional thought for the day, driving you to this place of guided prayer with about three prayer points so that you can have this meaningful one-on-one -on -one conversation with God and then moving out into this action statement to get you out into the day. I love that. That's, that is powerful. And it's interesting. I want to get into some of the statistics that we know are, are around and, the, and they're statistics that should concern us, I think, as Christians. But um, let's just sort of backtrack a little bit. And I want to ask you, you know, right now there's a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of struggle. And, you know, what you're doing is amazing. It's connecting people. But a lot of us are maybe getting disconnected or even if we are connected to God, we're, we're human beings. We're still experiencing panic and fear and worry, especially in the midst of a pandemic. And so how would you speak to that? You know, how would you talk to those who maybe are feeling even shame about that? Because I think as Christians, it's like, well, I should have it all together because I have Jesus, right? But it's like, well, no, we're humans. We're going to falter. So tell me, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I think what you're speaking to is such a critical component of our faith and is oftentimes uh, almost an entirely missing component of our faith, at least in the American expression of our faith. Uh, when you show up at church on Sundays or even talking with friends, it can feel really weird and out of place to be vulnerable and to say, I'm really struggling right now with this or that. Yeah. It's almost kind of icky when someone brings it up in like a right. prayer group and you're like, oh, this is that person. That's like vulnerable and honest. Right. And are we going to talk about the real stuff here? Or are we really just going to be like, everything's fine? When we're going to pretend we're perfect when we know totally. we're not. And we're not supposed to be that way. We're, you know, but yes, that's, I feel like a lot of churches that happens or, and it's about, it's our fault. I'm not blaming that. I think it's all of our fault for not being willing. But anyway, tell me, I want to hear more of what you think, because you're in the trenches on this. 
Ah, oh, for sure. Yeah. So that, that's been in my experience growing up in the church. And I totally agree. I don't think it's the problem of the institution of the church. It's how we're expressing that inside of our actual experience, inside of corporate gatherings, whatever it might be. I think the, the, you know, the one thing I will hear someone say is, you know, oh, I'm good, but I'm busy. Maybe busy is about as deep as we get in terms of there's something that's a problem. And that and, could mean uh, a million things. I'm busy. Right. Yeah. We're all busy, but yeah. What's right. really going on in your life, right? What's right. really happening? And so what's been, what's been great in the pandemic, I think before the pandemic, I've had one panic attack in my entire life that I could reference. And when the pandemic hit, it just started becoming a frequent experience for me. And now in the pandemic, I've had five panic attacks since what's that hit. like for you? Like, what's that like having had only one and in this short time of a few months, having had five of something you only had one of before, what does that feel like? Especially you're, you're, and I'm not saying this to shit, you know why I'm saying this, you are a ministry leader. And so what is that like to process through that? Absolutely. Yeah. And to make matters worse, <laughs> last year I wrote like a mini book on peace and how right. in scripture God <laughs> invites course. us to the place of peace. That's not like scripture says in Philippians, like through our circumstances, it's in our circumstances right. that God provides us that peace through the avenue of prayer. Almost every day in first 15, I'm writing about peace and God's availability of peace, knowing that stress and anxiety isn't that wasn't epidemic before this pandemic hit. It's a huge problem for us as a people regardless. And so, yeah, so I'm writing every day on this. I still have this firm belief that God makes his peace available. So what was, what is like for me is a feeling like a phony a and then b i mean i'm sitting here with two young kids my boys are four and one basically and uh and a wife in a ministry to lead an organization to lead our team is about 40 people total for the overall nonprofit that supports first 15 that i lead and man i'm like i'm struggling in all of this and i don't know how to get my head above water and uh, honestly, it was scary at times of like, what is wrong with me that I can't pull myself together and I can't find, like I would find peace in God as you can seem to keep it. And stuff was just throwing me over that, that let that burden of like uh, that bar of getting into that state of overwhelm and panic attack. And so it's been a wonderful self-discovery process since, but in the midst of it, what it felt like was, I felt like a phony and I was honestly terrified and wondering how I was ever going to kind of come out of this. Well, and you think about, well, first of all, it's interesting sometimes, and I'm not saying this happened because I'm not God and I can't speak for God, but it is interesting. You wrote this book on peace. And sometimes I do think we learn the best through the things we go through and that God sometimes allows us to see things, you know, and, and when you experience it, you kind of understand it even more. And that helps you help other people, right? You take that experience, but also the fact that you're a human being. And that I think as Christians being able to say, I'm a person. I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I'm not that person who is at the Bible study pretending that I'm just busy and that everything is fine because it's not. And so to be open and vulnerable about that, I think actually helps people who are afraid to be open and vulnerable about that. So oh, I, I love that you're openly talking about that. I have had so many times in the past six months of despair and like, is this ever going to end? And you know, we were talking before the show started and I said, I, I was in New York, you know, with 32,000 people died in New York. Most people knew somebody who died. Right. And so it was just chaotic. And and so coming out of that a little bit, um, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Where are the kids going? Are they going back to school? What's that going to look like? And my wife is going back to work and she's going back to her school where she teaches, but my kids are not. So what does that mean for me? So, you know, here I am putting my burdens. Like, but the point we all have this uncertainty. And so I love your openness on this. And with that, though, as we talk about peace and we talk about Jesus and the need for daily interaction and devotional content, 
we both know that there's some very scary data out. There's two data points that have stuck out to me. The CDC did a survey a couple of weeks back. At the end of June, I think it was, they just released the data. And that data said that one-fourth of all people between the ages of 18 and 24, so I think it was 25.5%, um, had contemplated suicide in the last 30 days. And they had cited COVID as the reason for that. And the other data point was that only 9% of Americans, these are totally different data points, but I think they speak to the same need. Only 9% of Americans are reading the Bible daily. How do you react to that? Oh my gosh. I mean, the I, I, what I see inside of the pandemic of my own life, and then if I can extend that experience out to others, is that the pandemic has thrown us into a reality of... I see it as like an iceberg. And so I think there was this mass of problem that existed before the pandemic, but a lot of it was under the surface, maybe was normal to us, was going unseen. And the pandemic threw that to where we have this, we have this thing we can all see that is visible and we can touch and we can notice it. And it's something that we can address. But the reason that we're having these massive experiences I think we would all know, if we're honest, is not just because of the pandemic, as significant as the pandemic is. It's that these problems of stress and anxiety have been here long before the pandemic yeah. hit. Problems of loneliness. Loneliness is an epidemic. And you look at the role of technology in loneliness, and there's this paradoxical answer when people are pulled, especially younger generations, where they say that both technology is an opportunity for social connection and the greatest source of my loneliness. Isn't it crazy? It's unbelievable. And so it is. our media consumption has a role inside of all of this. The expression of our faith and maybe some missing elements of how we're inviting people into an authentic expression of faith as relationship as the goal, as opposed to all these action steps that we seek to take as a people. I honestly worry that we as Christians are so are so concerned with our exterior life that's visible to people around us that we're valuing far too little what's going on on the inside. When God says, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. That doesn't mean you can't put a lot of hours of work into the advancement of God's kingdom. What it does mean is that those hours of work might not really produce much if they're not coming from a place abiding of abiding connection. And abiding connection is cultivated and needs to be cultivated every single day. And we're so busy, so busy doing a million different things, or we're so busy distracting ourselves from what really matters, I would say through media consumption, that there's been this chasm inside of our experience as a people and Christians. This is as true for Christians, I think, as anyone else, that we desperately need to recognize. Maybe there's an opportunity inside of this pandemic to see there's been things that have been missing all along. Let's actually deal with the whole of the iceberg, not just the tip of it with what's visible and address some of these things. So maybe post-pandemic, our expression of our faith in life is even greater, maybe even greater than it was before. Yeah, it exposes the need. And I think it also exposes how weak some of us have been in terms of our actual devotion, right? If if you know that 14% of Americans were reading the Bible every day before the pandemic, and that went down to 9% after, Okay, so we've got to reassess. I, I think sometimes we take these stats and we freak out over them, and they should cause us concern, but I think they should be more of a shock to us that we get shocked back into, okay, how do we help other people engage? How do we engage better? Like this week, I made it a point to every day that I'm getting up, I'm starting with, you know, I journal my prayers because it's just easier for me to journal them. I journal my prayers. I read, you know, and that is something that if I don't do that, things don't, they feel off, right? They feel off center. And at a time when everything is off center, 
The last thing we want is for our individual li- I mean, that's why everything is off-center. Everybody's individual lives are contributing to that whole. And um, I think it's I think it's really important. What you're doing is incredibly important. Um, so I appreciate it so much. And where, where can people find out more about you and your work? Yeah. Oh, thanks for asking. And thanks for that encouragement. That sincerely means a lot to me. Um, yeah, so maybe the best place for people to find if they want to access that daily devotional and some of the other resources is first15.org. That's first15.org. From there, you can sign up. I, I would say the best place to start is sign up for the email subscription. Um, even though for those of us that are younger, emails, emails kind of old school feeling. It's still <laughs> this really great way. It's still the thing though, right? I thought we were moving is. away from it a couple of years ago. And like, suddenly I feel like email made a comeback. It's I so get true. It. It's it like really every did. five years, someone wants to declare the email's dead and then it, makes and it just a comes back and it resurrects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing about the email is once you sign up for the email, you'll get a series of kind of introductions uh, that help you walk through all the opportunities that are, that we create for you to be able to have this invitation every day into the place of meaningful connection with God and his presence. And so that's why I suggest the email, but if you're a podcast person already, you can find us on the podcast. If you're an app person, you can go to any of your app stores and find us. Uh, if you want to just check us out on social and kind of get the links into your social feed every day, that's cool too. Uh, whatever works for you, you can jump into the platform of your choice, but emails and our website is probably the best place to start. Well, listen, I so appreciate you coming on today. There's a lot more to talk about. So we got to have you back. I think these topics are essential. We have, as you said, these problems are not new. I mean, mental health has been something we've been talking about for years in this country. And, you know, I think this is compounding. Like you were saying, all the things that are happening, right? They're compounding the issues we already had. And they're exposing, I think, also the internal issues we have with our own laziness when it comes to our faith and our own lethargy and all all of these things that I know for me, it's convicting. And so I appreciate you taking us through all of it. Uh, thanks so much for the for the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and for anyone listening that's struggling, know that others out there are struggling. I've been struggling. And uh, no matter what you're going through, God's presence is available to you. And every that. day is new. His mercies are new. His presence is there. His peace is there. Even if we have to access it a million times, turn our attention back to God a million times a day, that in his grace, that that's a graceful invitation. It's not an obligation. So thank you for that. What a way to end that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of the Edify podcast. And I don't know, I just, I feel inspired getting a chance to hear from people like Craig because what it does is it just shows us that none of us are perfect, right? You've got a guy who is in ministry doing amazing things and he's struggling too. And I think it's so easy to feel like, man, what's wrong with me? Why am I struggling? Why am I so down? Why am I feeling down and out? And we all feel that way. We're human beings and we need God and we need that reassurance sometimes, I think, by hearing from other believers that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to be, you know, in difficult circumstances. And so I'm so appreciative of Craig, all he's doing with the first 15 and really just his ministry and his heart for sharing where he's been at this year with all of us, because I know I have been there. I'm sure you have too. And I hope you will tune in next week for another episode of the Edify podcast. If you want more inspirational podcasts, be sure to head over to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I.app. You can download the app as well. If you just head over to the app store on your phone, whether it's Android or whether it's your iPhone, you'll be able to grab it right there right now edify.app. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Edify podcast. For more transformational and faith-inspiring podcasts, head over to edify.app, where you can stream thousands of Christian shows right now. And for convenience on the go, download the Edify podcast app today from the Apple and Google Play stores and at edify.app.